Geek Shock. Geek Shock. How about Canada Dry Balls? <laughs> wow. This guy. How about Niagara Fails? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I've literally seen that in the winter. Niagara Fails? Yeah. When it stops? Oh, frozen. By the way. Bill Maher. How the fuck did that happen? Last uh, this Friday on his new rules, he was talking about ISIS and shit. It was themed "Jihad Me at Hello." <laughs> <laughs> Great minds, baby. <laughs> Once it's in the zeitgeist, you know. <laughs> I'm sure I wasn't the first to say that joke. Uh, you know, Too you know bad. who knows? Someone knows, Some, and someone's crying. Someone's with sad. Lot, with a lot of spare time, I knows. say sue the motherfucker. Some fellow in South Carolina. It's all good. Jihad me out, hello. I did that in high school. How fun would it be to have a Bill Maher writer listening to our goofy shit? Yeah, really. <laughs> For well, as much as Bill Maher kind of rags on geek culture, probably not. <laughs> Didn't you tell me somebody from Jimmy Kimmel's staff was watching or listening to the show at some point years ago? Maybe. I think that was true. Yeah. But I don't remember anymore. This show. <laughs> yeah, this show. This show. Yeah. Hmm. Or a version of this show before Niagara fails. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Welcome, folks. This is Geek Shock number 255. I am Master Torgo. I'm the famous Paul. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Flip floppy Matt. And we're here to talk week and geek. Uh, gentlemen, before we go into our what we've done this week, uh, got a little letter. We talked last week about the Battletech Center that was here in Las yes. Vegas. And uh, a listener named G and Henderson wrote in with uh, some great memories about it kind of uh, added some information to my Henderson, brain in Nevada for those of you who don't know uh, hey there you guys just triggered a huge nostalgia rush the place on the strip that was an official Battletech Center was called virtual world the Explorers Club was called the virtual geographic league the VGL there was another virtual game at the center they offered called Red Planet premise being that you would race souped-up mining hovercrafts in the mining shafts. The company that ran the centers, Virtual World Entertainment, had up to 26 Virtual World centers around the world at one point. The stores would hold tournaments for their local pilots, and there was a bit of a ranking system. At times, there, there would be arranged tournaments between Virtual World centers, so Las Vegas's site versus Costa Mesa site would happen via network connection. There was also a world championship where the best pilots could be flown to a site, it was at Las Vegas and Tokyo, to my knowledge. All in all, the employees at the site were really great people. They did what they could to foster an atmosphere of being a part of the theme. Listening to some of the stories you Star Trek experience guys have makes me think of those employees. Granted, they weren't getting into makeup or anything near the experience caliber, but still. The Las Vegas Virtual World was closed October 31st, 1996, on orders of the corporate HQ. They were consolidating the stores to their more financially successful stores. The employees and the customers were given no warning, so for a lot of us, it felt like losing friends as the Virtual World Center was the point of contact many have ever had with each other and were never given a chance to say goodbyes. However, I fear I've said too much. 
Gian Henderson, and no. he gave us a bunch of pics and video, which I'm going to put up on the site. Uh, the oh, awesome. Lo- a lot of the That's video. Cool. Videos are awesome. The videos were the kind of stuff you watched before you got into your mech yeah. cockpit to kind of mm-hmm. train you how it worked out. But they did it in this whole story form yeah. with some grade C talent. Which in there, rock and roll. Well, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, you had Judge Reinhold was in it, Nora Dunn, Cheech Marin, Weird Al, uh, Great C, Jim, cool. Jim Belushi, yeah. me? right? Jim Belushi was time, in there too. Jim Belushi, uh, Great uh, C. Shoot, <laughs> I just had one on. Uh, I can't think of his name. He was in Gung Ho. Charo uh, was Charo uh, in it. Charo, the the Japanese name Charo? the Japanese actor from Charo. Gung Ho. Yeah, that's Charo. No, that's not Charo, right? Ah, uh, damn it! I can't. I totally I forgot know. his Charo. name. Charo. Yeah. I think his name is Charo. I, I know who you're talking about. But he no, plays I, guitar, right? Gucci, Gucci, Gucci. Charo. <laughs> right. Charo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I used to. I used to actually go to the BattleTech in North Pier in Chicago with Charo. Uh, yeah, actually, she, as you would expect, was awful. <laughs> so you know, her mechs would be walking backwards. Oh no! I just got blown up again. Oh no! Oh no! I overheat my missile pod. Oh no! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! I have no radar, no chaff. Send chaff, send chaff. Oh no! I'm blown up. Ay ay ay! Gucci, Gucci! I explode. Ay ay ay! Eject, eject! Ay ay ay! Oh, oh, I cannot know. I don't know what to do. I, I hated to playing with her. Oh, yeah. Oh. Hey, where is my wingman? Where is my wingman? I need help on sector four. Oh, Gucci, Gucci! I'm exploding. I'm exploding right now. <laughs> that, so G- that that Saturday Night Live skit, the Love Boat, the Next Generation, <laughs> the, the, the talent, the comedian David Brenner and Charo. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that when they beam you up, your underwear rides right up into your crack? It's like an intergalactic wedgie. <laughs> Gian Henderson, Gian Henderson, thank you so much for writing in and sharing that with us because it really brought some back some memories for me. I forgot about the Red Planet stuff, so that's oh, awesome. Yeah. You know what? You know what is sad about this for me is uh, what was it? Ninety six when it went away. Yeah. So that was before I moved out to Vegas. Yeah, me too. And um, that was still that pre-internet time. Yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways. This was yeah. a new thing, linking yeah, up with people there and was playing still, with other people. There was internet, but it was very, very, very basic. Yeah, and People weren't using it to do that much, and now... Well, yeah, and the kind of connection speeds we enjoy now were, you know, super, super expensive back then. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they were they were running, like, dedicated T1 lines That's back, it. My, back in those days. My friends, my brother's college roommates, they had a house. They rented his house, and they were all engineering majors and, you know, big oh, computer wow. nerds, and they went together on a T1 line for their house. So I was spoiled back in 97. I was right. like, yeah, I was like, I was riding the fast train uh, on the internet superhighway. But um, it just saddens me because that community would still very likely be thriving. And I wonder if there's not uh, the possibility of like a Facebook page or if he's tried to, you know, reach out to people who that's a good question in that in that bunch because there certainly is for the experience that right. I mean, they keep experience community Mm -hmm, together. mm -hmm. Experience community, there's a big extended family of pretty crazy. Yeah, gee, look into that. You might reconnect with some of those people. Mm -hmm. So, but I wanted to share that because that was really cool. Yeah, it was. I watched several of those videos. Thanks for sharing, man. And yeah, real entertaining. I'll put that up on this uh, episode of the Geek Shock. So, gentlemen, what geeky things do you want to share? This week, besides your Snickers that you're pulling out, you're going to share share the hell out of those. He's no fool. It's Halloween time. There's candy everywhere. This is the time. Um, 
That we is have true. a deep fried Snickers Sunday at work. That's just wrong. I mean, it's good, but it's any just deep wrong. fried Snickers wrong. <laughs> Most deep fried things are wrong, yeah. but the deep fried sweet snacks that never meant to be well, the fried, fried in the first place. The deep fried Twinkie Sunday is pretty damn good too. I bet it's great. I bet it tastes wonderful. I've had my, a deep fried Snickers. It tastes great. My favorite though is still the deep fried Kills Oreo Sunday. Kills me. Slowly, yeah. probably well, not yes. as slowly as I think. <laughs> I've got a bourbon dipped Twinkie in my fridge. Right I was now. about to. I thought you were going to say in your <laughs> no, pants. No, no, no. Yeah, got a bourbon dipped Twinkie in my pants. Just dip it like Maker's Mark. Put the little wax on the end of it. <laughs> Ooh, you kinky bitch! <laughs> There's a screen handle. Kinky, kinky bitch. bitch. Kinky bitch. <laughs> Niagara Fails. That's what it is. I had my birthday this week, and my girlfriend yes. made me the most awesome cake on the planet. Some cool pictures of that cake. You a mystery science theater three thousand cake, complete with fondant shadow on the uh, side versions of the of Joel and the bots. Yeah, this island Earth picture on the top. She even made an edible silver asteroid for the corner. Oh yeah. Oh, best birthday cake I've ever had. It was really cool. Yeah. So any kinda, mystery science kinda, theater thing, kind of so. keeping in theming with your whole birthday thing, anyway. As far as mystery science theater birthday for I you don't this know. Year. She mostly got me Star Wars things. Oh. <laughs> well, I was just going to point to the Tom Servo on the uh, the. Oh, you mean for the whole? Yeah, there. I thought you meant for what well, she did. But yeah. yes, Jeff got me the Tom Servo kit, which I'm anxious to start. Wow. Got my list together of things I need build to do to build. Full-size Tom Servo. But she also got me the new Star Wars novel, A New Dawn. This, Who's this by? This, oh, I, pff, I can't even remember. He's done some other uh, Star Wars novels. Oh, but, that guy. Yeah, one of, <laughs> one of, yeah. One of 30. Um, but what, what, why this is special is this is the first novel that's actually continuity. So this is in the Rebels canon. This, is the, this takes place a year before Rebels. So it introduces those characters. So Rebels comes out in the middle of October. Because they've already, they're already, Toys R Us, if you haven't been in a while, they are opening up a giant block for the new Star Wars shit. There are empty shelves oh, just wow. waiting. It's going to be crazy. Between Rebels and the new movie next year. Put your pants back on. Uh, dude, it's going to be fucking bananas. Fucking bananas. It's already huge. It's going to just be It's going to be like two aisles of nothing but Star Wars. Well, I have to say, I'm four chapters in. And I'm enjoying it so far. Mm. I like the characters they're introducing. And how's the sex? The sex is absolutely weird, just as kinky as mm-hmm. you need it to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Twi'leks all the way. Out Jedi of dick this tricks. world. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it's out of this world. That's Commander K. Back of the book quote. There you go. The sex in this novel is out of this world. Well, Commander K. You know what? Fact check can't be here, so I'll have to fill in for him. (laughs) John Jackson Miller is the author. John Jackson Miller. And his name is my name too. And one thing I found really interesting: one of the characters, uh, main characters, that's in the that's in the cartoon, has a drinking problem. In the novel, so I think does, like, does he toss it to the yeah. side of his <laughs> yeah, yeah, airplane? <laughs> yeah, Hayes, he does. What is? Was he drink uh, liquor? 
<laughs> Liquor. I hardly even know her. It's what? green. Is yeah. it really? Is it's it really green. just? The, it's yeah, yeah. He's, he's basically has a job to spend, so he can have money to spend at the bar. What's he called? What's it called? He's the uh, he's the main Jedi. What's of the it. liquor called? Oh, he doesn't. I don't know. He doesn't have. <laughs> doesn't tell me what the liquor is. Not that I have a memory for that sort of thing. Well, like if a cigarette is a death stick. It wouldn't this be like you a, forget, Lucas isn't writing this. I don't <laughs> care. Yeah, he, he's no. got his fingers in these no. pies still. No? no, Lucas doesn't. This oh, is going to be know. something cool like the Force Choke. Oh, I hope. Oh, so, that would be a great name for a Jedi drink. Yes, it would. Uh, I have two fingers of a Force Choke. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, are you sure? Yeah. Keep them coming. I'll take a Force Choke and keep them coming. All right. It's out of this world. What, are my credits <laughs> no good here? Here, I'm putting these quat lose or whatever they are. What do what do we what do we spend? Hey, quat lose. Hey, former here. Jedi, your your credits are no good here on the house. Oh, thanks so much. Gulp gulp gulp. I love tricking people so I can get drunk. Do 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 do. I'm a drunk drunk Jedi. Yeah, it'd be like that's that Superman joke. My metachlorian count is up. <laughs> yeah, With the Superman right. at the bar. Jesus, Obi Wan! I, I can't tell ass- it now because I've ruined it. Oh, okay, yeah. Obi Wan, you're a real asshole. Exactly, <laughs> Obi Wan, you're a real, <laughs> you're a real dick, Superman. <laughs> so like, all the novels, video games, movies, television shows, comic books going forward are continuity. All right. So if you want to expand your universe, because before all the novels officially were not, Lucas said they're not. So don't even try. So here it is, first novel that is continuity. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Well, you got jealous. Well, that was hmm. done to you. Yeah, it was. <laughs> um, I am just what a couple episodes away from finishing season one of Arrow. As you promised. As, you like as it. promised. And? I do like and? it. Um, it's definitely grittier than, you know, like your Smallvilles and, and your other so uh, DC Comics fair that's on TV right now. Does it get uh-huh. less disturbingly gr- murdery? <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't think I've hit the spot that they're talking about uh, that that our listener was talking about, where he has that dramatic change. But he does seem to be increasing his moral high ground with this whole not killing, um, and he does tend to strategically place the arrows so that the people do survive. Ouch. They're, Ouch. they're taken out Just of the equation, judge. but they're not dead. Uh, so. Um, you anyway, like the, uh, flashback story arc when he's on the island that was my yes, favorite. Of that that that's yeah. really int- especially now that you're getting more into the fact that he wasn't quote alone on the island and so forth. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm I unfortunately season two isn't going to hit Netflix until season three starts, which it's about to start up. So, um, I won't be able to marathon season two just yet. But uh, soon. Anyway, um, yeah, it's 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 enjoyable. I have to. I have to admit. I, Does it feel anything like Smallville? I don't. I. I wouldn't even put the comparison there. Okay. They, they don't. They don't feel like the same show at all, or even like that they were produced by the same people. Speaking so. of DC series, I watched that pile of crap that is Gotham. Did oh, you watch it? Oh, brother! I was just uh, about to launch oh, into it. Geez. Oh, let's. We 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 didn't get to see it. So please, gentlemen, go okay. ahead. Oh. Go Gotham on me. Well, I made it about twenty minutes in. I, I watched the whole thing. If I that, stick with it. I read that's full, eighteen minutes longer than I would have given you. I read, a, <laughs> I read a full review about it. Uh, it probably wasn't even twenty minutes. It was just terrible. Yeah, it's terrible, and it's you. It's like it's it's a Smallville shot at night. It's the stupidest <laughs> shit. It's the stupidest yes. shit. Um, yes, you've got some good actors. 
doing really bad work Ooh. and delivering dialogue that could just was shit out of a factory. Wow. It's, Professor Biggs loved it. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> of course he did. Well, other reviews are coming in and people are liking it. I Nerd reviews. People are insane. People are insane. I swear. Did DC have has DC never watched their own animated universe? Probably. I swear. It's like make up and this is this is where I came down on it. I think it might be a budgetary measure. I, I don't know, but I wish DC would grow a pair. And this is what I said on the internet. Some of my friends we were talking about this. I said DC needs to man up and tell a hero story, not this uh pre uh all, uh, this origin story cock shit. It's all origin story shit. Nobody cares. You've got these heroes. Show me the hero. You did an origin story again for your Superman reboot. You're about to probably delve into origin territory for this new Batman as well. Who the fuck knows? And number two, who fucking cares? Everybody knows the origin story so well of Batman that it's treated so perfunctorily that it shouldn't have even been done in Gotham. What about well, what huh. about Jim Gordon? Because I'm what hear- about him? I'm hearing that this is really his story. What do people watch the the OC? So what? So 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 Jim Gordon. So I'm watching the Jim Gordon show. Then why don't you call it Jim Gordon? Call it Jim Gordon. I'll watch the Jim Gordon Agents show. Agents of Gotham. What is it? Agents of Gotham. So it's Agents just a, so if it was named different, you'd feel different about no, it. No, I. Really. It's it's terrible. It's terrible because they got Gordon and Bullock teamed up. Right. And that's yes. uh, Donald Logue, and he usually does yeah, stuff usually that I good. enjoy, but. I swear, this is the line that, that I turn the television off. They're sitting in a diner, and, and they're sitting in this diner together, and um, they, uh, yes. they just caught the Wayne murder case. And, of course, Bullock's like, ah, you've got us into a world of shit with this, you know? And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, you, know, you don't even know the Waynes are? And he's like, yeah, the Wayne Foundation, what? And he's like, you imagine the kind of press we're going to be getting on this? We're going to be under the microscope. This is terrible. You know, what a, you know, this is going to be a really tough thing for us to get through. What a hard case that we've caught. And then these two other detectives walk into the, into the uh, diner. And Bullet goes, <laughs> well, if it isn't Martinez and Allen, special victims unit or whatever. And I was like, done. Done is the stupidest. It was the delivery. It was the, the expo- like exposition the exposition, stuff. The just garbage exposition. I was like, shut up. Have them come in and talk like human beings to each other. And that was the thing. And then Steve was like, <laughs> Biggs, he writes me back. He's like, uh, that's one of the main rules of improv, Paul. Establish who and what and where and everything really quickly. <laughs> oh, snap. And then the scene can progress. And I go, okay, but it needs to be done organically. And then I said, and then secondly, this is purporting to be a scripted television show. <laughs> if it's not, I'd love for them to inform me otherwise. But there's no author in all of this. There's no voice. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's getting scripted by a bunch of other people as we go along. Ben Edlund of Tick fame is slot- hmm. slotted to do like right. episode six, which sounds exciting. But I think it's going to be a crazy quilt of a couple good patches and a bunch of garbage. Like it's the, a garbage fire, man. I like the first few years of Spawn. Speaking of the origin, Spawn, <laughs> the Spawn was good for twenty five issues. That's you missed, it. You missed Poison Ivy. They, oh, did like, I? Yeah. Did Poison I really Ivy. miss anything? <laughs> no. no. So what? They did Cobblepots, Poison Ivy, Bruce. They Wayne, start off Batman, with Catgirl, yeah. uh, Catwoman, or whatever. 
She's no woman. Selena oh, Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. No, I guess Catwoman, whatever. It was but. just, it was like, oh, look, there's Poison Name. Oh, look, Cobblepots. Penguin. Oh, look. Oh, the, the Riddler. They had Enigma there, yep. too. He works for the cops. Yes. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's kind of, he's kind of got a Dexter role. Yeah. Sort of like Dexter if he was Edward Enigma. Yeah. Whatever. Shut <laughs> up. Shut up, Gotham. I still plan I, on giving it a shot. I'm not saying I support it. I oh, hate yeah. it, too. Give it a shot. Uh, and so original, they had to throw in a completely non-canon character. Who? Fish Mooney? Fish Mooney. Yeah. Oh, well, they just get doing something to get what's-her-name in there. Jada Pinkett Smith. Yuck. I, dude, tr- yuck is the, the kind word. <laughs> to, com- this compared to Arrow, really black and white. Like, Arrow shines now. I don't know oh, who wow. they've got on, and Arrow's not great. I don't know who they've got on this show, but they're, it's that pilot is a piece of shit. Ooh. But this is the thing. Dumb shit sells. It's People true. have just gotten really stupid, and they don't even fucking care. And it's the, the, the thing that really upsets me. I've been wa- re-watching the uh, animated series, the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, because that's all on Netflix, too. And there's maybe like four middling episodes to like every ten great ones. I mean, great episodes. I remember when we watched the Justice League pilot, and you were a little. You were I was little, when you the were pilot came out by the by the Martian. Uh, yes, I remember your line at the end when they got blasted away, and you were like, "And so they were sent back to the f- works of literature from which they came." <laughs> yeah, well, it was a very, it was a very uh, War of the Worlds rip that first uh, little thing, but they got better, and, and that's the thing. Like, delve into your own mythos. Don't create new mythos. So basically what, what you're saying, stuff has gotten so bad nowadays that that shines. <laughs> that really does. Yeah. Well, oh, uh, yeah. And I mean, the the Justice League cartoon looks like gems. But uh, Unlimited is great. There's a lot of really great stuff in those, in those cartoons. But I just don't think, I don't know what the deal is. I thought Bruce Timm was supposed to be brought over into DC live action for some help on some of this shit. Maybe he's deep in the Batman movie. I hope so. But they need to... I don't care because I don't care about DC sure. that much. Like I enjoy some of the comics, but but you want the stuff treated with smart, respectful hands. I just, just don't want under- the stuff to be good. I don't understand why they don't use what's there. If you have a great comic, why not tell that story? Yeah, in a live action. And why are you so desperate to regenerate and to start over? This starting over and starting over and starting over. Yes, there comes a point where you got to have a crisis on infinite earths, blow everything away, and start fresh. Sure. But that was 40 years of comic history that was miring them down. Sure. And now it happens every year. And I would get it with something like, say, Sony or Fox, who doesn't, if they don't do it, lose the rights. But this is somebody that owns the rights, they're never going to lose them. Part of it, too, is it's Time Warner and they're evil. Oh, so. Bruce Tim is, uh, it's that Machinima. Um, cartoon there's a new justice league that they're doing oh yeah i think i have that in the news okay so okay all right about sorry that. about that <laughs> no, yeah yeah yeah, yeah i knew he was up spoilers. on something but spoilers yeah, he'll spoilers. talk okay. yes, spoilers for great. our news that's great so, so yeah uh, he'll he'll be and yeah so we'll talk good. about that so and that'll that will probably again just bury and it'll probably be a reboot <laughs> it'll bury know. everything well who but i mean like I even know. it's you know, a reimagining dark knight you know the 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 Batman cartoon. Justice League babies. The Batman cartoon is so good. Yeah, the Batman cartoon is so. Stellar. I remember when it first came out. Just the fact that he was punching people, I was like, "Hooray!" 
and and this is what is kind of they're about to re-release finally on DVD the '60s Camp Batman. Sure, yeah. and as cheeseball as that is. It's fun. And that new comic book that they're doing on that is fantastic. The yeah. Batman 66 book is great. Yeah. Um, why don't you do a Batman show? Why don't you just do a Batman show? It doesn't have to be this gritty, horrible, everything is terrible, focus on all the villains shit. That's The video games already covered that territory. Yeah. I don't understand. There's probably there's probably they don't want the the they don't want any they don't want the intrusion. TV show to outshine the movie. Well, they don't want any intrusion. They don't want to worry about balancing the TV show with the movie. Even they're probably going to shoot for some kind of some kind of sense of continuity, and they don't want to. Well, they've already said you know, that they're two separate things, and never the two shall cross. Well, and there you go. So that's reason right there to not ever do a Batman TV show. No, it's all the reason to free license to do a Batman TV show if you say this is another incarnation of the Batman. Creatively, maybe, but marketing, business-wise, I'd, I'd be willing to go the opposite direction. Oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, you want to yeah, well, use the movie? I, I think if they did that, their worst fear would be the TV show is great and has a huge following, the movie Batman not so much, and there's so much more money poured into that movie. Either Batman. one. Yeah, Either true. way, one would probably work to the detriment of the other. You're right. You're right. It doesn't it matter. Be, it doesn't matter which one. There would be a competition. There'd, be, there'd always be a comparison. If, if they're not going to tie into each other, then it would definitely almost, I could see that them worrying about it being in kind of an opposition, mm-hmm. as opposed to if it was bat, you know, bat, you know, Batfleck on TV as well as in the movies. Then you would have this total feed off one another, like you know when you do the Serenity thing or something like that. And that would be so cool. Why don't they do that? Well, it was like remember, remember when they talked a couple of years ago about that Dark Tower thing, and they were going to do TV and the movies, and right. TV was going to be in between the movies, and it was this huge thing that sounded awesome. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, yeah, not so much. Also, Gotham, the way they're doing it, it's going to be cheaper. You oh, do a Batman oh, TV yeah. show, man. It's cheap. Something that's talking heads. It's uh, cheap, man. That, I think that I think that's another thing that speaks to why they don't do these hero stories, because it talking heads much, are it are costs a lot less to expensive do, to yeah. do a fight scene. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Especially something that has superpowers. And just animate then. Super just stop power. this stupid shit. Well, they want. Like it started off. I thought I was watching a lost episode of Dark Angel. <laughs> for the first 10 minutes you could easily be tricked into thinking you're watching a lost episode of Dark Angel wow I haven't thought about that in a minute well Jessica, <laughs> Jessica Alba has and she's waiting <laughs> oh yeah where's that, I, where's that Dark Angel reboot I got my cause I'm slowly following the Godzilla Blu-ray rollouts as they're rolling out all the old Godzillas Hoping to have a complete collection of all the movies. They're really rolling that new Godzilla because he's the fat American Godzilla. That's right. He rolls easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I got Destroy All Monsters and Godzilla versus Megalon. Megalon is the one where Jet Jaguar appears. And, My favorite one. And, now I know which, ep- which episode it is. Yeah, I love that. And uh, it's funny because I did some reading up on that and got the story on that. It was actually meant to be a movie... Supposed to be an Ultraman tie-in? Uh, not a tie-in. It was just an influence. There was actually, it's funny, they had this national contest, design a new kaiju fighting robot man. And this kid, um, the, the, I guess the genre is tokusatsu, tok, tokusatsu, or something mm, like that. Keep saying it. Slow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, Ooh, this, this kid, this, uh, this yeah. like middle school or elementary school kid, designed Jet Jaguar, which was Ultraman-inspired. 
plus a just a little yeah and uh basically ultraman was, with a mohawk it was supposed to be ultraman versus megalon and at some point in the production toho lost faith that the movie could stand on its own and that's when they shoehorned in godzilla and gigan and so that's how it became a godzilla movie sorta oh okay yeah because godzilla isn't much in it no no ultraman like runs off to monster island and I'm Ultraman. I'm doing it now. Jet Jaguar <laughs> runs off and recruits Godzilla and then flies back. And then he spends some time fighting Megalon, buying time while Godzilla swims to Japan. And Jet Jaguar shrinks too, right? He grows. Well, yes. He's human size. But and he's then he human grows. size. And I love it. But it's not like oh in, the, in, 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 in Ultraman, it's like a human who turns into a giant sized yeah. robot. But Jet Jaguar is a robot that has alternate sizes. Yeah. Well, actually, he just, it's so funny. When he grows. The, the inventors, it's like this guy, his I think it's his little brother, and then their friend. And the little kid is like, oh, my God, look at Jack Jaguar. He's, like, so huge now. And the guy looks <laughs> at it, nodges sagely and goes, I think the sheer force of his determination for this fight has made him grow. <laughs> and that's, like, the secret of his growing power. It's not like, oh, he activated the growing thing I had inside him. It's Look, just Chuck. like, he is so determined to do this, he grew. Sounds like my sex life. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and it, it was it was hilarious. Win this fight. It was, and it was funny because a lot of Godzilla fans decry this one as this is the movie that sort of set the trend. Shark where, jumping? Where, well, yeah, it was, this is this is the kitty films. Yeah. This is, I mean, there was also the smog monster, which was psychedelically weird. But this one is really the one where it sort of does that. The Smog Monster is more H.R. Puffin stuff. It is. Holy Jesus. I mean, and the, the cartoony intercuts and all that. Yeah, that, yeah. that was psychedelic. <laughs> that, that director was fired. And I think I read he never worked on a film again. Any film? That guy went to television and that was it. <laughs> yeah, because the, the dungeons. He's, the producer, he's directing Gotham right now. The producer <laughs> of the Godzilla movies was in the hospital sick when they're making versus Smog Monster. And when he comes out and he's looking... Looking at the work print, he he's right like, the "You ruined Godzilla!" <laughs> and he was like stuck because he had no movie to work with, and it had to go out there. But that <laughs> he was pissed. Teach so. him to get sick. Destroy all monsters. Awesome. Until Godzilla: Final Wars, that's the most monster-packed uh, Godzilla. Too many movie. monsters. Uh, there comes a damn. Godzilla. Too many a monsters. Tipping Paul. Point. Paul, there's never too many monsters. <laughs> oh, I hope that's true. So, and it's di- it, I guess it's different than from a from a superhero film because with a superhero film you want that balance because you try and tell a human story behind all this stuff. But with monsters, there's no human story. Yeah. It's just like look yeah. at that fucked up shit. Yeah, and, it, and look look at how it fights. Yeah, and that's all you got to do. That's, that's the best the backstory you, you need. It's like oh, that's pretty good. Right, look there. at that one. That one kind of looks yeah. like a dick on fire. <laughs> Holy shit! I bet that thing's gonna kick his ass. Yeah, what's Godzilla gonna do against the dick on fire? Yeah, right. Oh man, I can't wait. <laughs> See this fight, Dikonu well, Fairu. Yeah, exactly. But but you know, lather it with some topical cream. And yeah. <laughs> okay, that's what that, Godzuki does. That's 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 for uh, Mothra to just <laughs> yeah, the topical shoots cream his, spray. Shoots his uh, shoots his cream. His, what is it called? He's uh, s- silk. Silk. Yeah, oh, he's cocooning. He's cocooning. It is sixties sci-fi spectacular. I was watching this movie because the whole conceit, and this is a repeat of. Uh, Godzilla versus the Astro Monster, which is one of the King Ghidorah ones. I'm sorry, King Ghidorah. But aliens are trying to take over the Earth, and they uh, take over all the monsters, and they're having the monsters run around fucking shit up so they can take over the Earth. And then the humans 
take over the controls of the monsters so they go and fuck up the aliens. And the <laughs> aliens, the aliens are awesome 60s science fiction aliens, dude. The, the whole, you know, remember the get-ups where they're completely covered in cloth? The cowls that just have the face cutouts. Remember that motif in all those 50s and 60s alien designs? Yeah. That's their costuming. It's, 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 it's like the, the mutants in Beneath the Planet of the Apes, mm. except that movie is two years after Destroy All Monsters. That's how mm. cutting edge this puppy mm. was. Yeah. And it was just, just the whole approach to it. There's this one thing where they have to steal the monster control device. And it like has nothing to do with monsters and the astronauts who <laughs> can do, do everything. Do. This rocket ship, they fly to the moon. They fly to Monster Island. They fly to the alien base. They hide and uh, they have the rover and they break out the maser to, to do a, break this, get this machine and separate it. And they have this whole dramatic... They're, they have to remove the maser from the, the, the ground crawler, and they have to reconnect it. And I, I'm like sitting here watching. This is 50s golden age science fiction where the engineer lays out how you have to disconnect the ship's maser, set it up over here, run your cables, establish your power connections to do. And it was just like, wow, this is, this is really 60s sci-fi-rific. They try and put some actual logic behind all the sci-fi tropes. Well, I wouldn't go so <laughs> that far. <laughs> but they definitely played on the sci-fi tropes, which is like, effort. you know, you 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 do a breakdown and process, you know, right. the engineering process well, of your creation. that's kind of how Star Trek handles it. So, yeah, sort of. Until you get to Voyager and then they overdo it. Yeah. And Neelix just puts his dick on everything. That's God, right. God damn, I cannot even watch that show. <laughs> I swear, Neelix is the worst thing ever. All right. <laughs> Internet land, if you really want to piss off Paul, you have to do Neelix in Smallville. The Neelix origin story where he's growing up as a young, whatever the hell, Talaxian, putting Talaxian. his dick in everything. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Mr. Kent. I just had to fuck your horses. <laughs> They're such delectable beasts. Mm, I love cooking horse. <laughs> it's delicious. Especially after I have fucked it. Oh. News you don't give a shit about. <laughs> I just wanted to make some cheese. <laughs> and this is Nothing the only like way. This is how we do it on Talax. Nothing like fresh fucked horse cheese. <laughs> <laughs> what was it you said about that episode? Is like that was like the one that was the, the penultimate it, episode. It was the it was <laughs> the most clear representation of Neelix as a character on that show. Yeah, because part of the ship Voyager had neural gel packs yep. that were integrated into the computer system. But you so made it was like a, really I, simple. Yeah, okay. it is. But it's a it's a it's a, it's a bio organism basically connected to the computer. So it was susceptible to disease and to trouble. And Neelix created a cheese that infected the neural gel packs in the ship's computer. So essentially, in character, in performance, and literally through a script, Neelix was constantly infecting Voyager with cheese. <laughs> there you go. The worst character. God, he's so bad. He makes Robert Picardo look like Morgan Freeman. <laughs> oh, that's awful to Robert Picardo. I like Robert Picardo. Yeah, he is cool. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. It's been a long time gestation it's for Ghostbusters 3. Oh, jeez. At a recent speaking engagement in London, the franchise's original co-creator and star, Dan Aykroyd, talked about some ambitious ideas Sony has in the works. 
According to Aykroyd, they want to go a lot further than just one sequel. While talking about the future of Ghostbusters, Aykroyd touched on Marvel's Avengers universe and other ambitious sci-fi properties as the inspiration as to where they want to take the brand. Quote, It's beyond just another sequel, a prequel, another TV show. I'm thinking, what does the whole brand mean to Sony? What does Pixar and Star Wars mean to Disney? What does Marvel mean to Fox? The focus is not just another movie or TV show, but what's the totality of it? The whole mythology, from the beginning of their lives, the end of their lives. Ghostbusters at nine years old. Ghostbusters in high school. The franchise is up on the blocks. It needs new electronics, new everything. That's what we have to do. The whole vehicle of Ghostbusters has to be rebuilt. That's the ambitious thinking that's going on now. Taking on the model of Marvel, where they take all the elements that are in this movie and we put them out there as different ideas, unquote. Smallville Ghostbusters. Yeah, basically. Fine. (laughs) I heard actually a a kind of a cool idea of rebooting it with an all-female cast. I think that'd be great. That's uh, that's where the seems to be where the talks are for the movies. For the movie, yeah. Yeah. Which sounds great. So... But they've got to make sure they do the flip, and the role of Janine has to be some dude. That could be fun. That would be fun. Yeah. There is potential in that idea. It's always kind of fun to do. I mean, that's that goes back to, you know, Shakespearean stuff. Everybody just flips gender roles and Shakespeare plays, and it's like, oh, look what he did. <laughs> he made Hamlet a girl. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> give that man an Oscar. No, why they get Tony's. No, <laughs> just give him a... Uh, community play award because that's where <laughs> that's where this production was. This production of Hamlet as a girl, Hamlita. Did you see that one? No, not real. A, no, no, not real. Not real. It's Ham- Hamlet crossed with Lolita. <laughs> yeah, Hamlita with Jeremy Irons in it. <laughs> <laughs> and Pia Zadora. Jeremy Irons plays uh, plays Ophelia. <laughs> Ophelia. Yeah, exactly. I oh, will now oh. throw myself into this. Water. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me to get good. to a nunnery, will you? <laughs> and that's really the only news you don't give a shit about that oh, I have wow. this week. Uh, but your mileage may vary. Sure. Weekend Geek! Yeah. What do we got? The upcoming Harley Quinn annual number one hitting shells October 29th will feature the lovely scents of leather, pizza, suntan lotion, and a mysterious compound, quote-unquote. DC will be calling the comic Rub and Smell instead of Scratch and Sniff oh my due God. to legal reasons. Rub and Smell? <laughs> oh, that's now see, that is the DC show we all want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Two forgotten heroes on a journey of discovery together. Rub and Smell. And, and one of their taglines is somewhere in the episode, at some point they always go, no, no, no. I'm rub. She smells. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. I can't tell the two of you's apart. Which one of you is rubbing and which one of you is smelling? <laughs> it isn't obvious. <laughs> nope, not from this vantage point, you gross old freaks. I appreciate you taking down the crime syndicate, but I could you calm it down with the rubbing and smelling? <laughs> no, we can't. I'm rub, she smell, that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hmm. Let's see. This crime scene is pretty. looks pretty fresh. What do you think, smell? Yes. 
It smells fresh. <laughs> All right. Hang on. I'm going to rub this door and see if I can get a fingerprint off of it. What's he doing over there? No, no. Don't, don't uh, rub him. He's rubbing one out. Okay, now smell it. <laughs> <laughs> This comic writes itself, guys. DC, DC, this is what I'm talking about, DC. You got your head up your ass. You're you're giving titles to the kind of comics you're wanting to write, and that's the comic you should be writing. Rub and smell. Smells kind of tropical, like pineapple. Mm. I bet this was the pineapple king. (laughs) Oh, no, you found me. Rub and smell. Look, it's pineapple king. I'm going to go rub him. Oh, Oh, stop. Oh, oh, my tender outlier. I oh. see a six issue run. Oh. Oh. oh, oh, you've you've wiped my dough sticker off. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, now smell him. <laughs> he still smells like pineapple. We got our man. <laughs> Here are some excerpts from what Palmiotti had to say about the project. The basic story is Poison Ivy has been thrown into Arkham Asylum, and Harley Jimmy gets... Jimmy Palmiotti is on this? Yep. Yeah. And Harley gets word that awesome. she's in there and decides that she's going to break her out. So the smells kind of work within the story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun story, and it just has the added thing of smell. <laughs> what the- if it was... If it was just standalone, just a book of smells, let's say, first of all, we would just call it that, the book of smells. Again, why the fuck got you right now? Can you imagine you turn the page? Oh, no, Harley Quinn's breaking into the sewer. Oh, son of a bitch! We're going to smell it! Book of smells, that sounds like something Gaiman would write. The smell stuff comes up every 10 years, and it never works. It's like 3D. But or, there's more to Moss, it. Man. Oh, okay. There's a great adventure, and we have Harley teamed up with Ivy, fighting some bad guys. They make friends. They kick people's butts. It's a little bit of everything in the book. The comic <laughs> alone is worth it, I think, for people. And I think the smell is just another crazy thing to do. It kind of works with the character Harley because you never know what to expect. Next, unquote. <laughs> never know what to expect. A picture of a piece of pizza. Because- I'm going to rub it. Let's see what happens. Whoa. <laughs> Come on over. Here, Mr. J, I'll give you a rub and smell. <laughs> oh, Harley, I can always count on you for a quick rub and smell. I don't want to smell anything you're rubbing. <laughs> I just cleaned up, Mr. J. I saw you. You were with Clayface. I don't want that on me. <laughs> I'm sorry. A girl's got to do what she's got to do, Mr. J. The first details and poster for sci-fi's upcoming B-movie, Lava Lantula, has been released. <laughs> oh, yeah. I read about this. <laughs> Here's the premise. Have you seen it? Have you seen the pictures? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't no. know what it was called. I just saw the posters. I didn't know it was called Lava Lantula. <laughs> <laughs> Giant fire-breathing tarantulas attack Los Angeles and terrorize a cast. Say that five times fast. (laughs) (laughs) 
Say that five times fast. Do it. Now. Come on. Giant fire breathing tarantulas attack Los Angeles. Fire fire breathing tarantulas. Ah, uh, one. <laughs> fire breathing tarantulas attack Los Angeles. And terrorize a cast consisting of several alums from the 1980s cop comedy franchise Police Academy. Like, oh, geez. It's like a police academy The cast consists of Steve Gutenberg, Leslie Easterbrook, and Michael Winslow. Look at Paul's face. Holy <laughs> shit, this movie's going to be awesome. The rest of the lineup is rounded out with Nina Peoples and L.A.-based DJ Ralph Garman, also known for his Nina work with... Nina Peoples? Yeah. You'd... Holy shit, this not is crazy. Nia, not Nina. Oh, Nia, thank you. Is this from... Are the... These people must be like mummies now. Uh, Saturn award-winning director Mike Mendez, who <laughs> yeah. did Big Ass Spider, is at the helm of the project. <laughs> Big Ass Spider. According to Entertainment Weekly, the made-for-TV movie is slated to debut next summer. Holy wow. shit. That Suddenly, sounds... Paul is interested. Oh, I'm interested. I was interested when I saw the pictures. You should see the pictures. I, I just seen saw the, the pictures. pictures. I'm looking at them right now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's really Knowing that fire tarantulas. tarantulas. Lava Lantula. It also sounds like a lava lamp. Lava lampchilla? Like, what if they actually, actually oh, yeah. had lava lamps on them <clears throat> and they were lava lampchillas? <laughs> they just bubble up and down and then sink. <laughs> there you go. Slow moving. A Deadpool film has been in the works ever since Ryan Reynolds portrayed the Merc with the Mouth in 2009's awful X-Men Origins Wolverine. But the proposed rated R take on the character made the studio nervous and it's been languishing on the shelf ever since. The Deadpool movie is finally getting made. Yes. The studio has slated the film to open in theaters February 12, 2016. It will be directed by Tim Miller, although there is no confirmation that original star Reynolds will be back to portray the character. According to the Schmoes Knows Meet the Movie Press podcast, Miller rewrote the script, reworked the script to fit the studio's liking. Uh, Quote, I heard from the director that they finally figured out the script. It was right before this was announced that they figured out, and you guys are all going to hate this, they figured out how to make it PG-13 and therefore Boo. and therefore not lose its soul and that, and that's a quote of the script, so they can make it, unquote. By slotting Deadpool on the calendar, the studio needed to do a bit of shuffling to make it fit. First up, video game adaptation Assassin's Creed will be b- bumped from its August 7th, 2015 slot. Well, because apparently the film is not going to be complete in time to hit the date. So the studio is sliding Josh Trank's Fantastic Four reboot from its June 19th, 2015 date to the now vacant August 7th, 2015 slot. The John Green book adaptation Paper Towns will take Fantastic Four's old spot on the calendar. Uh, so, Deadpool coming, PG-13. Enough with the PG rating, just so they get that huge audience. God. Make it rated R. Damn them and their huge See, audience. Okay. Yeah. No, no, make it rated R. You'll get you'll get the crowds in there. Yeah, the the crowd that is going to want to see a Deadpool yes. movie is going to be. 18 or over anyway. Uh, I completely no, disagree with that. I see that, too many kids with Deadpool t-shirts. That's the thing. It's, it but is, they don't know that No, character. they do. They, they do. Dude, that is the character for Marvel right now for the young generation. As sad as it makes me, he has basically usurped Spider-Man's spot as the wisecracking fun superhero. Yeah. It makes me sad. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I don't enjoy Deadpool at all. I despise that character. And, uh, yeah, I hate the fourth wall breaking garbage that he brings into the medium. Yeah, it's just shit. I have to say, I am a fan of the character. I enjoy that meta-ness yeah. of it. 
because I think it's a breath of fresh air compared to some of the stuff. Granted, compared to some of these now, taking they, themselves too seriously things, but I, it's just not my cup of tea. Have sure. they have they dumbed it down to make it more kid friendly? Because yeah, it took out it's still, bombs. It's and, still you know. pretty violent. It's not. That's, what you grew up I, with. It's yeah, not the Deadpool okay. you grew well, up with. Well, here's the thing. They've, they've had two comics in the past. I think they did a Max series with him for a little while. Right. And, but they also have a non-Max right. series with yeah. him as well. And he's also been in the cartoons. He's been in Spider-Man cartoons. Yep. There are the watered-down versions, and it's rare to see him with his mask off, all jacked up and crazy looking. Oh, yeah. He's so people don't really understand. Horrific, yeah. Yeah, he's dead. He's a zombie, right? Sure. No, he's no, he's, no, he's no, just can't be killed. Cancer, his, super, was, his super regeneration basically yeah. gives him cancer. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was yeah suffering from a, his, his healing factor. They custom fit for him because... Of the specific type of cancer that he had, so you know it's oh, it's still well that and all the other experiments that they ran they on ran on him just made him completely disfigured and you know and psychotic and yeah. you know I could go on and on but yeah he's okay so as he's, PG th- he's totally fucked up is basically I don't, it I don't follow physically him. and mentally yeah, yeah. as PG thirteen versus R what are you afraid you're gonna lose Wiener shot. F bombs, <laughs> big gross wiener shot, cancerous wiener <laughs> shot. <laughs> Say fuck, I floppity floppity. You're, you're gonna lose blood. Yes, that's that's, and he's nothing if not creative in his killing. Sure, like yes. like complete. Yes. You know, you know. I'm talking like dismembership. Not not just explosion. dismembership, but like um uh oh the shoot. I'm trying to. You know, he he will finally craft like somebody's death like well in advance. Sure, and then as was evidenced in the uh, leaked footage, that yes, Miller yes. did a while ago. Well, he'll probably you know? he'll probably just drop a lot of things on people. It'll be like a Rube Goldberg device like <laughs> thing with you know he'll he'll make this overly elaborate. Uh, Series of events that lead up to a character getting killed, which the ten ton weight, which yeah, again, yeah, exactly, which again will probably happen just bloodless. Yeah, that's yeah. so, what I mean. It's a big old like this is exactly what Kirsten said. A big old ten ton weight just crushes them, and you don't see them, and they're just yeah. dead. Yeah, it's gone. You never see that character again. It's going to be cartoonified a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I still think I, I still think they can pull it off. I you really think do. they can pull it off at PG thirteen. I do. Rub I, I don't smell. Think, I don't think R is too important <laughs> in this regard. Rub and smell. I think PG is ridiculous, but PG thirteen, one, he's you're not going to have sex. In there, and that's really the thing. No that rubbing yeah. and smelling there. <laughs> no rubbing and smelling. Right. Yeah. That is, unfortunately, that is all the American censors care about. You'd be surprised how much blood can get through on a PG-13 that's now. That's true. Yeah. It was really, created we, so you can well, have you that heart pulling Especially right now during this whole warmongering that we're going through, I think uh, a lot more blood's going to get slipped by right now. I will oh. say, you know, thinking back, Live Free or Die Hard was actually pretty violent for PG-13. Yeah. It was like Is that it was, the one with the uh, the Apple Kid. Uh, yes, yeah, Justin, uh, Long. Justin Long, yeah, yeah, that one's okay. Yeah, the, 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 the follow up one. one was was pretty bad. Yeah, the the the, uh, the last one was pretty bad. But Live Free or Die Hard, I remember when I saw that, that was going to be. No, it was PG thirteen. Okay. Yeah, and that was hard. And I mean, uh, that's the same kind of things. That yeah, we all did, went like, and saw it. And the we truck were... that was falling down the yeah. elevator shaft, and that girl just gets crushed by the elevator yeah. shaft in the truck, and that's pretty grisly. Yeah. So yeah, he'll get away so, with it. So yeah, we we were surprised at how much. Ago. Yeah, I mean, you know, he got his yippee ki motherfucker in, you know, so that 
They allowed one. Yeah, exactly. The the one you get <laughs> the one, for yeah. for the PG thirteen. But I mean, yeah, it surprisingly was violently graphic for PG thirteen. So I mean, yeah, I, I suppose it's possible. It, they they could they could make a decent if Deadpool. it's done well. <laughs> God damn it! I didn't, say it. I didn't say it. And these days, R just means sex. Isn't that a shame? Yeah, it's so terrible. Which is dumb, of course. That's but. what's that's what is frowned upon. Yeah. But I mean, you're probably not going to have sex in a Deadpool story anyway. That's, that's my so, point. You know, he's going to try, but it's boobs. not going to happen. Rub and smell. Well, even, even that one boob shot, like, you know, like maybe he cuts somebody's, you know, bikini top off or something yeah. without yeah, that, like that's without what you're leaving a mark. Arc. Yeah, is the boob shot that you would get. Yeah, it's like the top falls off. She's like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's your that's your R. But let's also keep in mind uh, that's uh, I think Fox still owns this. Yeah, it's so, true. Fox is not exactly uh, batting a thousand on this one. Well, Fox is kind of in the middle it's ground. Very hit or miss. It's not Sony, right? So that's a big plus. Not the Spider-Man hands, but the in the X-Men hands. Fox does a mecha rhino. Fox does all right when they put it in the right people's well, hands. Cool. Did not see that. when they put it oh, yeah. in the hands of. You and this know. is the original director yes, that yes. has been attached to it all this time. That's a passion project for him. So when you put it in the hands of like a Brian Singer or a, 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 the guy that directed First Class, whose name escapes me right now, Vaughn um, Charo. Yeah, the, you know Charo. Charo. Charo Vaughn. When Charo's Charo in charge, Bond. no. Charo's <laughs> <laughs> in charge now. Hello. Okay. What I need right now is people to throw the cars. Magneto is throwing the car. Woo, hoochie, hoochie. It's on fire. Throw the car. Horror, 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 horror. Well. Speaking anyway, of Brian Singer, yeah. Brian Singer is back on board to direct X-Men Apocalypse. Although Singer has been talking for a while like he was already going to do the film, there was always the chance he could not come to terms with his deal to do so. The sexual assault allegations against him, which have since been dismissed, didn't help either for a while. According to Deadline, however, an agreement has been reached and Singer has been signed by Fox to get back behind the camera for his fourth X-Men feature. This summer's X-Men Days of Future Past was the highest grossing of the series, $746 million worldwide, and the most critically acclaimed since the first two. We know that singer and screenwriter Simon Kinberg have been, have settled on the ancient mutant apocalypse as the villain, and we also know that the first-class versions of Charles Xavier, Magneto, Beast, and Mystique will come back for the third time in the story, set ten years after Days of Future Past. But singer and Kinberg definitely plan to introduce young versions of Cyclops, Jean Grey, Storm, and others into the story as well, so expect to see casting announcements for these roles soon. Production starts next spring with the film due to be released May 27th, 2016. I'll be very I really upset. liked that uh, Days of Future Past. I really enjoyed that. I've heard good things. I'll be very you still upset. haven't seen it? I haven't either. Still have not seen it. I'm waiting to buy it on DVD. Yeah, it's coming out in October. Why are you going to be sad, uh, flip-flop? So I'll be very upset if they don't introduce Cable in this one. My favorite Marvel. <laughs> Prepare to be sad. <laughs> yeah, right? I got Apocalypse. You have to have Cable. Nah. Those two are together. Yeah, no. If anything, what about they've Bishop? proven Is in Bishop the past... In it? That you no. don't have to have. I nope. bet you know. In the next one, Bishop won't be in the Age of Apocalypse? No, I bet you know. How is that possible? That's not possible! <laughs> I bet you know. What is an apocalypse story without Bishop? Uh, Bishopless. Oh, bingo. <laughs> Touching. Rub and smell. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I really like the whole period piece. I bet. Um, Rub and smell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what is aspect of, the of what they're doing. <laughs> so them doing 10 years later, you know, doing an 80s era 
whatever they're going to be doing. I think it's going to be cool. I just love that approach. And I is like Kevin Bacon do. in Future Past. Was he in Future Past? No, no, he was in uh, First Class. Yeah, I no, I wondered if he came back. No, no, he was he was done for because he, he had a quarter driven through his skull. Spoiler I, alert! I don't really remember that movie that much. <laughs> oh, dude, it was good. okay. It's good. It's good. I liked it. I loved I didn't it. love it. I loved it. It had some weak spots. Oh, you're, you're a weak spot. Rub and smell. Rub that spot <laughs> weekly. <laughs> Stephen King's novel Eleven Twenty Two Sixty Three is a massive story that's as much about exploring a particular period in American history as it is about going back in time to stop one of America's most memorable tragedies. And upon its release in 2011, it was met with acclaim. Hulu announced they have given 11-22-63 a straight-to-series order, and the novel will be produced by J.J. Abrams and adapted by writer Bridget Carpenter, who did Friday Night Lights, into a nine-hour miniseries, marking a major coup for the streaming service as it continues to push for original programming. Quoting Stephen King, if I ever wrote a book that cries out for long-form event TV programming, 11-22-63 is it. Uh, 112263, named for the date of Kennedy's assassination, is the story of a high school teacher, Jake Epping, who's given access to a portal to the past by his friend Al Templeton. Al, who's dying of cancer, asks Jake to carry out the mission of preventing JFK's assassination, believing that stopping the tragedy will alter the present day for the better, but explains that the portal has a very specific set of rules, one of which being that Jake can only travel to a specific moment in 1958 and must simply live out the years leading up to 1963. Along the way, he tracks the development of Kennedy assassin Lee Harvey Oswald, falls in love, and prepares for his mission, all the while knowing that time itself does not want some events to change. Does he fall in love with Lee Harvey Oswald? That's the kicker. Oh, boy. That would be the ultimate, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, because How do I stop this man who I care for so much? Talk about personal drama. Oh, I want him out of that book depository, but still... I want his sweet kiss. And D- isn't uh, Stephen King actively producing <laughs> on this, smell. too? <laughs> with uh, that I don't know. Rub okay, because the, the article that I read that the same story said King was going to be a producer on it. I wouldn't well. be surprised. And like a story, uh, not supervisor, but consultant. Makes me the first time that I'm considering getting Hulu. Yeah. Really? I will get you should Hulu get Hulu. It's pretty good. Well, I, I don't watch everything I subscribe to as it is. All right. Well, what do you subscribe to? <laughs> uh, Netflix, Gamefly, oh. uh, Amazon. Oh, you got Prime. the Amazon stuff too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you got a lot then. So yeah, I got a little bit. All right. Plus my DVD what? goddamn collection. Right. Me too. I, I mean, I'm. We are both of us spoiled for content. <laughs> yes. That's for sure. But uh, I do enjoy the Hulu. Yeah. It's got some good stuff there. I well, get to everything watch my that's stupid on. wrestling, which has just gone to shit. Is, is the, Hulu's where you see your wrestling, then? Yeah, Hulu's where they put on the wrestling. Nah. It's so bad. It is. It really is. It's really, it's like, a, it's the dark ages right now. There's no good stars. Dolph Ziggler is the best thing they have in the company. And that is, he is, he's great. He's a really good wrestler. And that's about it. It's just, there's nothing else. Yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. Cena. Oy, oy, oy. Who even cares about this shit? It's so yeah, funny. Exactly. Nobody cares. They're grasping at straws. They're really sad. Come out and say five ninety nine, no, nine ninety nine. Yeah, pretty soon they're going to be saying dollar ninety nine. Yeah. Please <laughs> give us anything. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. They're getting what they deserve. Jerks. 
Have you noticed that the NXT actually has really cool and shit. And smaller and smaller. Yeah. Have you noticed? Yeah, because they can't yeah. fill them up. They did that with their WrestleManias back in the day. Yeah. Watching the OSW reviews, it was really interesting that too. How uh, there was a big WrestleMania, I believe it was six, where they had they were doing it in three LA. was huge. Yeah, three was huge. Yeah, but when they were doing it in LA, they were doing uh, I believe it was six, five or six, and uh, maybe maybe more. I can't remember the number, but anyway, they had bought this huge arena for it, but then they saw the ticket sales and they had to move it across the street to a smaller venue at the last minute (laughs) because it was going to be, you know, the cameras would pan and see just empty, empty. And they blamed it on a bomb threat. Really? Yeah. Wow. They they spun it that there were bomb threats for the other venue. Back venues. then, they blamed it on Obama. Back Motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> WrestleMania 6. Thanks, Obama. Thanks, Obama threat. <laughs> yep. Uh, but, uh, yeah, wow. some interesting stuff like that. So, yeah, this is not the first time they've done that. Yeah, I noticed just last week on Raw was the first time in a long time where they didn't have an arena that was big enough to support that uh, light banner that goes around the middle of the wow. thing. So, it looked. So, it's like it's getting to, like, TNA type. It's getting there. Okay. It's getting there. Yeah. It's getting there. They, they do have a lot of undercard stuff. True, like, the, the, the NXT roster has got some fun talent. And they're doing some I fun promotions. Corgo for wrestling. It's the it's the that's the Douche minor bag. leagues, the NXT, and then you've got they've got they own a bunch of these other small independents. Um, I guess they own or at least have partial ownership of FSW, which is the corporation that runs out here in Vegas, which is really fun, really fun to watch live. Much more fun than what WWE is putting on every week. But then they're not putting on a show every week either. So I don't know. Cut them a little bit of slack, but I apologize. They're not selling me on Hulu. <laughs> oh well and Hulu is where I got subjected to Gotham today so uh, yeah they're two for two today I was, I was thinking of getting Hulu too because the other day I was putting this stuff in Netflix I maybe found one out of the five shows I was looking for I'm like what the fuck come on Netflix it's gonna get split up still man yeah. oh yeah this, this, so this uh, story is right up Paul's alley oh my Ouch. wing street <laughs> there's Arrow Flash and iZombie on the CW, Gotham at Fox, Constantine at NBC, and now Supergirl is headed to CBS. Producers Greg Berlani and uh, Ali Adler closed the deal with CBS on Thursday, and the rumor is that the commitment to the show is even greater than the one Fox gave to Gotham. This is the uh, Kara Zor-El <laughs> version of Supergirl. Who will take the stage? Unlike the Smallville incarnation, this Supergirl will be in her twenties and already have been on Earth for a little while. It's a tale. So she of, might actually be acting like Supergirl. It's a tale of a woman deciding it's finally time to step out from behind the safety of being part of the pack and acknowledge that she is unique and she can help the world in a way that almost no one else can. Berlanti already has a big comic book adaptation hit with Arrow. Meanwhile, Adler is bringing more of a comedic sensibility to the proceedings since her most successful superpowered project was Chuck. Hooray! <laughs> Go for it. I don't care about DC. I don't care. Yeah. Because you're a Marvel head. I, yeah, because they're compelling. But also, they're not flooding the market with shite. But I also hate Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so they don't get a free fucking pass from me either. (laughs) Oh, come on. Colson didn't save the show for you? Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is garbage. Garbage fire. Uh, Welcome to level seven. Garbage fire. Welcome to level seven. You don't... You know what, Todd? Mm. You don't get to do a half of a season of shit. 
You, it's inexcusable. Oh well, my god! Well, I, I, like, I like to, I, I like to agree with you, that. Why would you put up with that? No, no. Why would you subject yourself to that? Because most don't. TV series have a half a season of shit at least. I yes. am no. I have never watched TNG all the way through. And okay. That was that was like two seasons of shit, admitted by most of its fans. I don't go through. I, I'm just saying that when people say you don't get to do that, it's like they're. Everybody stumbles around finding their shit. And I guess you know to find your legs, but I don't know TNG. You, if you want to say on TNG. there you go. If you want to say Paul, I don't have enough invested in in Shield or that part of Marvel to go through all that. I'll accept that. But when you make a declaration, you don't get to do that. You wouldn't. Everybody gets to do that. I guess you're There's right. So but, many series but that then, just fucking but then, shit until they get it together. And Agents of Shield and was hamstrung by the fact that. You know, they, they were Winter waiting Sol- for Winter Soldier. Yeah, yes. Winter Soldier, and it that that storyline was set in stone when they I started guess it's production. It's upsetting to me because I've seen, especially in Marvel's case, what they can do. Sure, sure. Oh yeah. Why not delay it a bit? Why not let? I mean, it's a money thing. It's clearly well, a money it, thing. It's, it's well, also they didn't also, delay it because it's also because you want you want to get moving on your story once Winter Soldier yeah. gets out. Yeah, yeah. You because know? you need that to change everything on its ear, and that's exactly what it did. Yeah, everything laid up to it. You knew where the characters were defined by that point. So when that hit, if anything, it sounds like a good setup. I would love to, to see it improve tenfold, but there's. Well, I mean, the even season TNG, premieres tonight. Though, even TNG, there were at least 10 great episodes, maybe 15 in those first two seasons. Like, great episodes. Like, some of the best television ever How made. many? And how, what, what, what's your number for, for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Six, seven? How many were a TNG great episodes were in that first six or seven? I think Encounter at Farpoint is a great episode of television. As a, as a two-part, standalone thing, I think that's a great episode of, of television mm. but i'm a sucker for q too yeah yeah q does sell that right i, I yeah i mean i kind of was bored by it but q was good. <laughs> <laughs> see and i think just Don, john delancey's just dreamy oh he is awesome <laughs> he is awesome i do love i do he's love in breaking he, bad he, yeah. he is uh he yeah. was great in that too um so yeah i mean i get your point so okay I get so your agents point of shield didn't have an encounter for far point for I get, you i get your point game. I get your point. You know, I I have just grown much more impatient in my old age. Well, I understand that. I I get but wait, 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 wait. in your old age you have. <laughs> yeah, you've been fairly impatient as right. long as yeah, I've known. I, I hate, <laughs> I've always hated everything. It's true. But I watched the entirety you of heard that. It here, uh, folks. Uh, what was that thing? Slipseed to help foo. What was it called? Slipseed to help foo. What was it called? <laughs> What was that stupid anime on uh, Netflix called? Oh, jeez. Sidonia? Yes. Knights of Sidonia. Knights of Sidonia. That's the anime version of Rub and Smell. I just put that out of my fucking mind. Knights of Sidonia. And I watched it all the way through. Uh-huh. And it just Which doesn't still, work. to this day, amazes me. Because usually, if you don't like something in the first 10 minutes of the episode. I was doing something else while I was watching it. Oh, okay. Rubbing so, and smelling. Yeah, I was rubbing and smelling <laughs> during that time. But oh, Which, so bad. oh, I okay. forgot my geeky right. thing. I did. Uh, What'd you do? I built my uh, Ecto One Lego model. Ah, okay. I got oh, my wow. Lego Ecto One in the mail, and it's awesome. And you're very happy. It's really good. I like. Everybody this. should go and try and grab that nice. Lego Ideas uh, model. It's really if you're a Ghostbuster fan. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I just get, but every I don't know. Sure, you, no, I understand that. I get a little. I mean, I get a little impatient. 
with people who make statements like like when you get the number two sequel in a trilogy and they get all put out why does that can't it be a standalone movie i want this you don't get to do that and it's like you know people get to do what they get to do you know and and agents of shield i can see that as being a difficult build for you but i haven't seen it but i'm hearing so many people say that once you hit that tipping point it really changes for them yeah like two episodes in I stopped watching it. The the like the two. two I, I did too. I stopped. I was. I think I got two or three in, and I'm like, yep. I'm done. And then all of a sudden, I heard about the change. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and push through them. And I, it was a push through. Yeah. I there, there was like, man, this had better get good. But it did. It really, really did. Well, I, well, that's the whole reason awesome. I saved them for you because I knew once that hit that you would change your mind. Yeah. And I'm looking it's like the two episodes the next season. Yeah, it's like the two episodes before the episode that syncs up with Winter Soldier and then everything after. It's just like it just it flowed. And I, I think part of the problem too is there is now so much long form television out there Could that be. you have to decide upon what you are going to commit to because you only get so much time. That is true. Well, I guess again it goes back to you watch the HBO stuff. And you can see the thought that's gone into every minute. Mm. You know what I mean? Sure. And they're also working with a lot bigger budgets, meaning better writers, better cast. And you don't have the the pacing issues that you have with writing for episodic mainstream television because you're not having to break every 12 minutes to go to a three-minute commercial break and then come back into it. Or hamstrung by means and practices. Yeah. All right. Well then, yeah. HBO. I'll stick with my HBO stuff because the format just suits it better. Sure, and they're also much smaller seasons. True. Yeah. Ten Twelve versus so. twenty-four. Or the the British way of doing a series. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but that's what I mean. Like that's what I'm saying. That's that is what it gets. That what gets to me is like you can have twenty-four episodes, or you can have eight killer episodes. Yeah. Well, that's yep. that's that's something that was brought up in the ver- very first season of episodes on uh, on Showtime yeah, yeah. with uh, you know Matt LeBlanc says to the guy he's like he's like over there in Britain you do what 10 episodes a season? What are you going to do when you get into season 2 and you're doing still doing 20 to 26 episodes and you're you're out of story ideas. And it, it was it, it really is it's a brilliantly written line. I'm probably not doing it justice it right now. So, it is but, so funny to but have Matt LeBlanc yeah. actually perfectly distilling yeah. what they're do what they do with American television and yeah. doing it in a total you, you think know. about it manner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of delivering it in a cheesy way, but then it's just like after the line is delivered, it's like, wait a minute. That's a really brilliant analysis of what happens when, you know, an episode uh, you know a television series is brought over here, and then they try to stretch it out over you know X number of seasons. Yeah. Did you guys ever? Anybody of you have you watched Vicious? No. Uh, it's. I think there's maybe one or two episodes still on PBS. Uh, I get that through our uh, Apple TV as well. Really funny uh, show with Ian McKellen and uh, another older actor who I cannot remember his name. Terrible. And then a couple of, but it's it's a really fun, hilarious. It's kind of like Golden Girls. But with dudes, it's a sounds good. It's an old gay couple, and they're just really acerbic with each other. They're just nasty with each other, but they really care about each other, and it's really funny. Just that's why it's called vicious because they just send send the most withering barbs out at each other, just ridiculous statements and shit. Like a null coward play, basically. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Yes, as as a 
as a speaking from a man who played the role of Roland Maul uh-huh. in one of my first productions ever, <laughs> Present Laughter. Yes, it very much reads like an old coward play. And there, I believe there's only six episodes uh, in that season, and it's yeah, it's really strong because they've condensed it. Yeah, sounds fun to me. It, you should watch it. Vicious. Gets me on the vicious gets knee. vicious gets big. Oh yeah, and it, that's the thing too is they're both theater mavens. Oh, even better. And Ian McKellen is 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 a, t- a, f- a TV star, basically. He did some theater, but he also did a bunch of television. And, like, his biggest thing was um, he brought some biscuits to somebody to- in an episode of Downton Abbey. <laughs> he was just like, <laughs> he's like, he handed off a tray of biscuits, and he had, like, one line, and he just keeps rubbing it in his face. He's like, I'm working still. I'm still a working actor. <laughs> nice. It's, That's good. it's fucking oh, good, man. It, it, as, a, as an actor, too, it's really it's got some ge- gems in there. I'm sold. Hey, Ten- you'll love it. Tangential to that, it'd be interesting to an- to get an analysis of the economics of television in America and Britain, where you have the format of 22 to 26 episodes, mm-hmm. basically a half a year, and then you do it, and then you do repeats, and then you do again. Versus the BBC uh, thing of eight to twelve episodes, and what is it behind those that they do it those ways? I think it is uh, government endowments. There is a, I think there is definitely a different tax structure there. I think the BBC uh, allows for a lot more uh, support of the programs that do get the green light. I think that's part of it, but also many of those actors are in. Like six or seven other True. productions, True. okay. Sometimes simultaneously. That, that, that's part of it. Is like why? I mean, okay. Creatively, I understand eight to twelve, or eight not to ten episodes. But, but uh, in terms of economics, that's an awful little per year, per season. You know. Well, but I, I, I said, I said simultaneous, and I actually, I'm sorry, I meant continue uh, consecutively right. because, yeah, it. Uh, it like for instance, the current season of Doctor Who, there's several actors on there that are you know doing uh, either guest spots or semi regular spots on there that are stars in an, a series that was in production prior to this season of Doctor Who, and it will probably go back to that after. So I mean, you've got all these different series that are you know this series has its ten episodes and then it's off the air for six months and then that next series is is you know, 10 episodes and then it's off the air. But, you know, you have these actors basically still con- continuously working over, you know, a period sure, of but that like could be, 10 that, months. That could be a result of that system rather than a it cause It could of be it. as well. Because you just said like like six episodes or, or 10 episodes yeah, in six 10 months. 10 to 12, yeah. Is that the rotation? Is it every six months as it opposed seems to every like, year? Yeah, it seems like there's like 10 episodes and then there's at least six months off because if you look it comes at it that back. way if you look at it that way that's 20 episodes a year that's give actually, or take yes that's actually kind of close to what america does i mean i know last year doctor who they did six episodes and then it was done for six months and then they came back and did six episodes plus the uh okay the, the christmas special so that's like 13 so yeah all right i was just so curious. i mean yeah I, I think it depends on each it. one True. yeah i mean Maybe somebody out there knows. If you do, write to us. Comments at Ugly Couch Show. Maybe we uh, could get a little bit more insight into... uh, Let us know, shockers. I will take that. I will take that. And I will say with British television, I'm usually wanting more when I'm done with a 
the season. Hey, that could be Always part of leave it too. Wanting more. That yeah. part could be part of it too. Instead of Whereas stretching out an idea, till once I've hit twenty episodes yeah. of a TV show, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this to be done now. Tell and it, find well, that middle we're ground. seeing we're seeing that change. So yeah. maybe it, maybe it will continue to change. Well, yeah. Well, the the whole on demand, right. the whole binge watching. Yeah, that's what the, I was just going to say. The binge watching has changed things dramatically because I think it used to be simply that you put out something every week for just about half a year, then you repeat it, and then come September, remember that week when that week when everything premiered and everything started up again in September, mm-hmm. right after school started. That's when the whole new season of television started. And it ran for you know almost yep. half a year, and then you went into your repeats again. That whole again. model is retiring, so we're yeah. we're in the midst of change with it. Yeah, it is a great point with the binge watching you know phenomenon. You've got people watching an entire you know you know two or three seasons of a British series versus only being in the same amount of time that they would do one season. Well, it depends. Watching, say, but the HBOs are just like the British model. Yeah, I mean, they, you they can they knock out a, a season, you know of. Boardwalk Empire, or right. or something like that, in a weekend of just uh, well, just and, running it, and also with HBO, they're able to put more, you know, put more money into those ten episodes instead of stretching it out for twenty yeah. episodes. They're they're able to put a much more We've money per loop. episode in. Yes, <laughs> higher production value and so forth. <laughs> it's true. Of course, the back, the the flip side of that. Oh, this is the back door? Rubbing, rubbing rub, smell? Rubbing rub and smell, smell the back. <laughs> now, well, you know, if they're kicking ass. Reach around, rubbing smell? Um, reach around, rubbing smell? No, no, I'm reach. She's around. Um, Get it straight, Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> no, is uh, when you compile these for your DVD sets, you have less product. You have product that has less episodes in it, but the price structure is staying pretty pretty. Yeah, high. they do tend to still stay in that you know forty dollar range for a season. Sure, but when you're talking about also network television, you're talking about filling airtime to put commercials in it. Right. right. So the more episodes you have, the more commercials you have, and the more episodes you have, the more you get to sell when you syndicate. Yeah, because you're right. looking at about right exactly about forty two minutes per. So there's there's another economics issue to having more episodes versus having less episodes, and and I'm at least I'm so here sure, with the commercials. I'm yeah. so sure that it's pure economics in, in how these things yeah, are structured, absolutely. as opposed to any kind of creative no, decision. No, not well, speaking of BBC, Matt Smith, ex Doctor Who, has just signed on to join the cast of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh yeah, I heard about this. The film is set to begin filming September 24th. Smith will play Mr. Collins, a parson who's looking for a wife and sets his sights on Elizabeth Bennett, played by Lily James from Downton Abbey and Cinderella. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is a horror comedy take by author Seth Graham Greene on Jane Austen's classic novel Pride and Prejudice. The heroine, Elizabeth Bennett, is pressured by her family to marry well, but instead feels that she could help the countryside against the arrival of a terrifying zombie plague. What's her name again that's playing at the actress? Lily James. Lily James? Yes. Matt Smith has recently finished filming on Terminator Genesis. Oh, God. Opposite Jason Clark and Amelia Clark. We are all dead. We are dead. (laughs) We are all dead. And AMC will be picking up the domestic rights to Xbox's sci-fi drama series, Humans. Xbox committed to an eight-episode first season for the show, which is being written by the British writing team of Sam Vincent and Jonathan Brackley, who did Spooks. Uh, Human is an English-language adaptation of the 
the television and Matador film series Real Humans. The story is set in, quote, a parallel present where the latest must-have gadget for any busy family is a synth, a highly developed robotic servant eerily similar to his live counterpart. In the hope of transforming the way they live, one strained suburban family purchases a refurbished synth, only to discover that sharing life with a machine has far-reaching and chilling consequences, unquote. AMC jumped in on the show just after Microsoft opted to shut down Xbox Entertainment Studios, which is its original programming studio. That decision left original series like Humans and the Spielberg-produced live-action Halo series in the sway. Oh. I think this is a fun concept. Mm-hmm. We've seen similar, but it's been a while. I'll take one. Right. <laughs> And uh, speaking to what was brought up earlier, DC is beefing up its Justice League commitment with a new online series that promises to put a dark spin on the oh, franchise. good. More dark. Shut up, DC. <laughs> You're so stupid, DC. Dubbed Justice League Gods and Monsters Chronicles, the three-part animated series is set to launch in the spring of 2015 on the male-skewing online video service Machinima. As a point of this reference... This is the one that... Yeah, yeah. So that Tim, this is that Tim, Tim Burton's working on. Tim Burton? Or Bruce Tim. Bruce, Bruce Tim. Tim. Oh, I wish Tim Burton was working on it. <laughs> Those were the days. No, you don't. Those salad days. Yeah, I do. Now I'd be like, go for it. You imagine how batshit crazy DC stuff would be if Burton was doing it now? What a great choice of words. It would be batshit <laughs> crazy. It would be the nuttiest shit ever. Who are you? I'm batshit. I'm batshit crazy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Rub and smell. Rub and tug. I mean, rub and smell. <laughs> no, no. And smell. Right. Get in the car. Stay in the car. Go rub. As a point of reference, the series has previously hosted shows such as uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica Blood and Chrome and Mortal Kombat Legacy. The series will be set in a newly conceived DC universe where Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are much darker versions of the heroes that people know. The series is based They're on... black. <laughs> The series is based on Bruce Timm's upcoming animated film, Justice League God and Monsters, coming in 2015. Oh, so Bruce Timm is working on a good project. This is the scraps from the table that people are clamoring to try and cobble together some shit from. The <laughs> online episodes will premiere in the weeks leading up to the film's release. Oh, it's going to be fart ass. If you're wondering about <laughs> the Machinima collection, fart ass. Uh, Warner Brothers invested $18 million on in the online service in March, so this represents the first bit of synergy from the deal. So, so it's three synergy. It's three parts. Yes. A three parts. So it's a, like a three-hour movie like, in three a one three hour parts. A three-hour movie. But if they say if that's the parts are an hour long, I don't think they're going to be an hour long. I bet it could be fifteen hour. minutes. These will be ten-minute vignettes. Yeah, these will be ten-minute vignettes that have become extras on the DVD that Bruce Timm's putting together. God damn it! That's fine. I hate people calling something a series when it's not. Hey, have you seen Mortal Kombat Armageddon or whatever you, it's called or what's Legacy. It called Legacy? Whoa. Mortal Kombat Legacy. Mortal Mortal Kombat Legacy. I love Mortal Kombat. Check. You've arrived. Did you know you were here? Mortal Kombat Lemmers was. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I like some of the performers, but I didn't like the show. Mortal Kombat. It's not about candy, but sweets. This is basically just milk cooked in the right way. Mortal Kombat. Wait. A handful of people on a leaky boat are going to get a lot of treats if we just say trick or treat. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mortal Caramel! <laughs> Sweets. 
Unwrap him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he smells like gravy. He smells like gravy. Caramel Excellent. apple. <laughs> caramel can- corn. Just caramel. More caramel. Caramel dipped fudge. Caramel brownie. Salted caramel. Mortal caramel. Dear, 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 dear. Kickstarter CEO and co-founder Yancey Strickler has announced that updates have been made to the site's terms of service to address projects that fail to deliver the promised end product and rewards. The updated policy states that project managers that encounter complications are expected to perform several actions, including posting an update to detail what has been done, how exactly funds were used, explain the specific complications, complete transparency on how all funds were used on the project, and return any leftover funds to the backers that did not receive their rewards. This update to Kickstarter's terms of use follows several high-profile game projects that ran into complications after being fully funded and were canceled, <laughs> including Yogg Ventures by the Yogcast, as well as Neil Stevenson's sword-fighting game, Clang. Turns out I sad. don't know how to program video games. I'm sorry, backers. <laughs> Have a good that, day. I'm moving to Cancun forever. Clang was sad, man, because I were, don't know what happened with Clang. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened. I know what I, happened. Oh yeah, Clang, Clang, Clang went the trolley. No, what happened? I have no idea what. Who's happened. Clang? It, Clang was Neil Stevenson. He's a science fiction writer. I know that name okay. just from you. Uh, Snow Crash. He's a Klingon officer. Uh, uh, um, uh, what the hell else? I'm necro. I'm blanking on all of his stuff. But he was he was one of the cyberpunk authors. Came in at the end, and he's a he's a respected um, science fiction writer. He's a he's one of those new breed of the of the uh, Europe the historic European martial arts fighters. The full contact, get in armor with swords, fight. Uh, European and they're not reenactors they're not SCA they're actually learning the sword take they translate and update the uh, fight books from medieval times and they learn the fighting techniques and they go out there and they fight so you're saying in addition to writing he is actually a combatant yeah a true physical real world combatant and he and other writers studied this stuff they did a nice little series called the Mongoliad which is about Mongol invasions in medieval times and they wanted to produce a video game that was just like a first-person shooter, but it was a medieval combat sword-fighting game, and it was meant to be something along, I think, along the lines of, even along the lines of Wii U-type interface, you're up there, and it was supposed to be just based on their knowledge of real sword-fighting, and something happened where they tragically discovered they just can't do it. Uh, along the lines of what you said, I just can't program a game. I don't know exactly what happened. He's kind of candid about money. it, but it, it did fail. Well, I, I remember it. it, I, it having, yeah, having worked very briefly at a video game studio, I can tell you what a precarious razor's edge even the most well-funded projects lie on. Yeah. It, video I, games are a gamble at best. The but, fact that people are give previews at all, <laughs> like, yeah, in that industry, it's just wow. It's a it's a it's a ga- it's a gamble. Every single game that you play, it's like movies in a very similar way. It's a miracle that they happen. If they're good, it's a double miracle. Well, Stevenson himself said it was just it was quote uh, not fun to play. 
<laughs> it, it says right here. It says, "quote the the prototype was technically innovative, but it wasn't fun to play." See, this is the thing. You, you come up with an idea. I and, probably and focus too much on historical accuracy that's just and it. not enough on making it sufficient to fun, sufficiently fun to attract additional Because investment. getting out there with a sword and fighting is actually not really fun. No. no, <laughs> no, no that's what I mean. Like that's, that's what video games are escapism. That's always my beef, and that's been my problem with the whole Wii controls, motion controls, all that shit. It's like, no, I want to be able to use my thumb to lightly depress a button and amazing shit should explode before my eyes. I don't have to want to have to stand up and do a damn dance By like Dynasty to gain Warriors. two points of... Po- yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like Dynasty Warriors really hits that dopamine uh, jive. They ain't fooling around. Mm-hmm. Do you, have you been watching Hyrule Warriors yet on Twitch? I haven't. I've been playing the hell out of Warriors Orochi 3, which is their latest release. Like, I've probably tripled my destiny time. I'd be surprised if maybe... Hyrule Warriors put you over into the Wii U category. I will say I'm intrigued. Definitely intrigued. You should watch it. There's a couple people playing when it When those online. Amigos start coming out, I'll probably be getting closer to a Wii U in my life. Yeah. Oh, and I just saw the preview for that Marvel 2.0, Disney 2.0. Yeah, I've already... Fuck. I'm about to, to buy guy. a bunch of those figures. Yeah. Those are beautiful figures, They're even great. if I don't yeah. play the fucking game. Exactly. And I hear that the game is still not that great, but the toy box is finally yeah, where it should be. Yeah, they fixed the toy box mode, which might make it okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's a baby's game. <laughs> it's a game I'm for still babies. waiting for 2017, 440K, MMO, finally. <laughs> it better be done well. I'm waiting for 2017? it. 2017? It's so far ahead. Holy shit, so dude. much can hey go guys, wrong. Hey, guys. Now and then. Canadians, they take the long view. <laughs> 2017. Do they I ever. want... Like, I miss Dawn of War so much. Well, I'll tell you what. As a cautionary tale, I'll skip to this story. Activision Blizzard announced that it had has every intention of filing... Like, oh, this is the wrong one. This is the one I'm looking for. Oh. After seven years of quiet <laughs> development... Blizzard has revealed that its secret MMO project, Titan, is officially canceled. Quote, we didn't find the fun. Right. Unquote. That's it. That's really it, man. Oh. It's really it. Blizzard co-founder and CEO Mike Morhaime told Polygon in an interview, we didn't find the passion. We talked about how we put through the reevaluation period, and actually what we reevaluated is whether that game is really what we wanted to be making. The answer is no. Unquote. <laughs> For now, Blizzard wants to focus its energy on Hearthstone, Heart- Heroes of the Storm, and World of Warcraft, among other titles in its current and active catalog. Well, they found the fun Starcraft. of Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> Titan was uh, first outed in a job listing in 2007. It took Blizzard until 2010 to officially acknowledge that it even existed. Reports surfaced in May of last year that the game was being completely overhauled and that the Titan development team shrank from 100 to 30 staff members with the rest of that team tasked with reevaluating the title. So that's it. Titan is done. So keep that on your back burner as you patiently go to 2017. I love making him cry. Not crying. It's very sad. (laughs) (laughs) Nearly 200 episodes of Mystery Size Theater 3000 were produced for various channels between 1988 and 1999, and getting the complete run legally on home video has always been a rather difficult task. Of the 198 episodes of the series, 131 have made it to various video releases over the years, and only 80 are available to stream via services like iTunes, Google Play, Hulu, and Netflix. Vimeo, 
announced that it's acquired streaming rights to all 80 Mystery Science Theater episodes that were already available for you to stream elsewhere. The entire 80-episode bundle is available to purchase on the site for $300, and individual episodes are available to rent for $299 or to buy for $999. Vimeo's already launched efforts to get as many additional episodes of Mystery Science Theater 3000 as possible to stream exclusively on their site. What happened to sharing the tapes, man? Uh, that's basically what the piracy is now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's sharing the tapes. Share the tapes, baby. Well, that exclusivity thing also is for any future uh, of their catalog that gets through the licensing okay. mire that they're working through with some of the older films. Sure. And that really is it. That's why you haven't seen yeah. most of those episodes, because yeah. licensing just is impossible. Mm-hmm. Some yes. Nobody knows who owns the Some rights. episodes like Magic Sword, after they broadcast were never seen again because they were only got broadcast rights for once it's out there right yeah. uh magic sword yeah i think unless you videotaped it like i did back in the day or if you get it through other means but i mean that's what i mean like you, it's you not, cannot go out and purchase it on no, dvd or stream you it. can't purchase a lot of them yeah how many episodes are there in total uh about 200 close to like 191 okay so and 80 of them are available currently and that drop in the bucket man right so sad but then i guess there's like 25 or so that are real early not yeah you've so got great. the first 12 from the ktma yeah, television days a little rough that was basically a uh what that do-it-yourself television kind yeah, of thing yeah, right not bad i'm community sure community access no, and, and they've already said they're never letting those go because they are not proud of those right <laughs> they're <laughs> not gonna they, put out the... that they are just weeks mm-hmm. so there you go so that's their six first episodes of agency there Show. you yeah. go <laughs> See, but they Uh-oh. also did it on a public access channel. <laughs> if Agents of Shield was doing their first six episodes on a public access channel, I'd grade on a scale and be like, "Yeah, do what you want, guys. Experiment. Play in the sandbox for a bit, then find your fucking feet." Yeah, as opposed to the TNG uh, scale that you grade on. <laughs> you know what? The TNG scale. I'm telling you, there's a couple great episodes. Those first couple uh, couple seasons, though, there's there a couple great shit. episodes. Of the first season of Shield. That second season. Okay, great. <laughs> Let's see. The oh, second yeah. that second season of TNG with Doctor Pulaski though she's all you can do to just want to strangle her in the head. <laughs> she's just the dumbest character that ever was. She's just obstructionist and grotesque oh, to yeah. be obstructionist and grotesque. That's what they wanted. I they got it. Let's have bones except a racist woman. Okay, <laughs> done. That's what they did. Yeah, it was really interesting. <laughs> There's a lot of funny behind the scenes. It's good stuff thing you didn't that, judge that, that show just on those like, uh, episodes. You know, there's, what there's did like, the actress think about all that shit? Uh, you know what? She she was here what last year? Uh, right here the, in the, the convention. Apartment? She's no. still alive. Wow. No, she, no, she was here in Vegas uh, last year Breathing? for the convention. I didn't get a chance to see her. Do you think speech, I watched Shield with? But uh, <laughs> Doctor Polanski and no, Shield. apparently like there was it. a huge fight season two, like even prior to the writers' strike about the Pulaski character because. You know, it's like Roddenberry had made this big edict that, you know, we're the, you know, the Federation evolved. Had, has evolved. There's no more, you know, internal racism and there's no more, you know, hate and want and all this stuff. And then they suddenly, you know, they're all the writers are like, oh, OK, you know, let's we'll go with that. <laughs> and then and here they thrust this Pulaski character and there's like, well, wait a minute. Doesn't this violate all the the, the stuff that we had to work with with season one? <laughs> She's a greedy racist. What's the difference? <laughs> Well, so. yeah, well, that's the great discovery of we have evolved. There is no conflict. Okay, let's do 22 episodes. Where there's of that. no conflict. Right, yeah, yeah, they figured it out. <laughs> oh, shit. 
that leads us to write episodes where like, where everybody's wearing a dress to a formal dinner. <laughs> and it's the same dress. How awkward. Yeah. <laughs> there are no conflicts, so. <laughs> oh, shit. Captain Picard Day. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm a role model. <laughs> I'm sure you are. <laughs> ah! Yeah, man. Shit gets, uh, shit gets pretty right. I mean, yeah. No conflict, no peace. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. conflict, no show. But conflict isn't isn't inherently necessary in and of itself. I think. Um, well, sure. I think risk, danger, um, jeopardy can be a substitute for conflict. And those can mm-hmm. all come out of exploration mm-hmm. as well, right? So. Yeah. And then yeah. we can, and then we can, explore, which they demonstrated throughout the series. And then we can explore, like they did, the great internal dynamics between the characters when they are faced with challenges and how they work together to solve these challenges, well, yeah, rather and, than just at, oppose each other and cause not internal conflict, risk, but conflict of the group against. Yeah, exactly. The other. At the risk yeah. of of being a little, you know, a little shitty to the creators at the time, that almost seems to me like they lost faith in we're going exploring and we're going to encounter new things. So we, you know, we got to have some internal conflict as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Because it, it's like the cheap thing, like every single fucking marriage on television, at some point, they have to have a separation. They have to threaten divorce or get divorced or split up or something like that. You know, wouldn't it be great if they could the actually have a baby? You know, dun, dun, and, but there's, there's always, shit. there's always that, that, and it's an artificial, right? It's an artificial creation. Well, that's what happened with DS9. They made it all about conflict. Well, uh, I was great okay example, with that. Uh, that huh? was, I was okay with that. Ah, uh, yeah, you DS9 lovers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand you. I'm, I'm with you on that one. I don't understand it. Well, great episode of what you, or example of what you were saying, Paul, with the you know you know the conflict out of risk is yeah the episode Darmok. You know, I mean, it's, right? You know, he that that captain risked everything just to try to communicate mm-hmm. to learn how to communicate with. You know, and and be a potential ally slash friend at least open a dialogue as opposed and, to as an opposed to just like trying to kill him. Someone stole Neelix's fucking lungs. <laughs> 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 There's a risk he might survive. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> that, that was that, it. That, that was risk was realized. <laughs> that risk was realized. It was so bad he couldn't even act dying on a table. He couldn't even get it together dying on a table. What a turd. <laughs> Ethan Phillips, I'm laying it out there right now. I don't even want to know you. Tor- I was about to say, Torgo, we have got to have him as a guest on the show. No, I'm, no, no, I don't want to know this fool. I don't even want to know this fool. You know I'd what makes me super sad? I remember, I remember seeing him on some TV show years ago Benson? when they were doing like not Benson when they were doing like a behind the scenes of 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 Voyager and all this kind of thing, and he was walking around like giving the people a tour, and he had a nine inch nail shirt on. I was like, what's wrong with you? Aren't you listening to the music that you claim to enjoy? Act. Hard, strong, explode! <laughs> God damn it! Ooh! I mean, it just made me so mad. I'm like, you fuck! You fucking traitor! You traitor! Oh. So that's it. We just found out the root cause of that's Paul's That's a big animosity. part of it. That's a big it's part like, of it. Because I know he purports, now. he purports to be a Nine Inch Nails fan, and he is one of the most passionless actors I've ever watched on screen. I was like, God damn it! God damn it! It all Ooh. makes sense now. Mm-hmm. He he destroyed something else that Paul loves, and now he hates him for he it. He didn't destroy it. He just misrepresented it. Get out of here with misrepresent, your misrepresent, yo. Oh, <laughs> Ethan Phillips, I don't want to know you. <laughs> 
Activision Blizzard <laughs> announced that it has every intention of filing a motion to dismiss what it categorizes as a frivolous lawsuit filed by former Panamanian director and convicted murderer Manuel Noriega. Oh, yeah, I heard about this one. Panamanian <laughs> dictator. Yeah. <laughs> Paul and I were on the same page. <laughs> director and murderer? This, Did I say director? This is actually... Said I director. said director. This story has got director. some conflict in it. Like, wow. I like this. Who's this director, director that I've yeah. heard of? Now, this guy's got some passion. <laughs> this guy makes movies. He knows what he wants. He, he wants drives. your Nine Inch Nails shirt, and he'll kill you he for it. He drives his performers to blood. <laughs> Cut your throat and pull your tongue right out the slit. Holy shit. But the oddest twist to the story is who Activision Blizzard has hired to handle the case. Former New York City Mayor, U.S. Attorney for New York, and Republican candidate for president, Rudy Giuliani. Giuliani, who is a partner at uh, Brackwell and Giuliani, will serve as the co-counsel on the case. Noriega's lawsuit alleges that Activision Blizzard used his likeness on the Call of Duty without his permission. Activision will argue that his depiction in Call of Duty is protected speech under the First Amendment. Quote, What's astonishing is that Manuel Noriega, a notorious dictator who is, a, who is in prison for the, his heinous crimes he committed, is upset about being portrayed as a criminal and enemy of the state in a game Call of Duty. Quite simply, it's absurd, said Giuliani in a statement as part of Activision Blizzard's press release. I'm not interested in giving handouts to a convicted murderer and drug smuggler like Manuel Noriega, who is demanding money from Activision and its popular Call of Duty franchise for simply exercising its right to free speech. Noriega's attack on the rights of Call of Duty comes as no surprise, considering he's a lawless tyrant who trampled over the rights of his own people, unquote. The motion to dismiss was filed in the Superior Court of the State of California. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. They actually do have a huge amount of legal basis for the dismissal because as a as a former head of state uh Noriega is he's a diplomat or not a diplomat but rather a uh, a politician mm-hmm. and politicians don't have likeness rights because they do not derive income from their image i.e. like an actor would derive income from their image is on that screen, etc. Is that an established legal precedent? Yeah, it is. That's interesting. Uh, it, so that's one of the that's one of the reasons they're trying to uh, get it dismissed was because as a as a a figurehead rather you know a public you know public figure I'm, public figure. I'm just interested that it gets dismissed because when does it get to the point where it's not liable because it's fucking true. Yeah. You know what I mean? How yeah. far do you have to take it? It's like, oh, I was depicted as a murderer and bad man <laughs> while I sit in this jail cell for my murderous bad man qualities. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, like, sure. what the fuck? Our grasp on the truth is getting so loosey-goosey anymore. Our, our, our history is like a year old now. Like, history's like six months. It's mm. getting gross. Yeah, it's what is gross? What is also interesting, Paul, that you'll probably enjoy on this is I'll bet I'll enjoy uh, it. No, no, uh, the fact that you you have always maintained, and I totally agree with you that video games are art, right? Because they are trying to base this on a First Amendment right of free speech, i.e., it's an artistic representation of that public figure that could set a legal precedent for the future. 
that says video games can be legally defined as art. Wonderful. Good. So that is a, that is right a direction. positive That's what I'm saying. There's definitely, uh, that can spin out of this. There's definitely some things that need to go right in this. And we'll be watching this as this develops. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Go, Rudy. The city of Frisco, Texas, plans to invest $1 million to bring the Video Game History Museum to town. $1 million. Founded as a nonprofit in 2009 by John Hardy, Sean Kelly, and Joe Santulli, the Video Game History Museum has spent years collecting vintage game software, consoles, and memorabilia to build what some call, quote, the most comprehensive collection of video game memorabilia ever assembled and share it with the world. The group often loans out parts of its collection to museums and traveling exhibits, but organizers have been hoping to give it, give it a home of its own for a long time. They moved one step closer on that goal on Thursday when the Frisco Community Development Corp voted in an agreement that gives the museum $1 million for building renovations and startup costs. That first version will be called the National Video Game Museum 1.0 and will serve as a starting point that will hopefully lead to a much larger, more permanent home in Frisco. The Video Game History Museum would join Frisco's Cultural District, which is already home... Which is already home to the city-owned Frisco Discovery Center. That's just my district. The center houses the SciTech Discovery Center, Black Box Theater, the Frisco Art Gallery, and Frisco Arts. Nearby is the Museum of the American Railroad. Under the terms of this deal, the Video Game History Museum would lease space inside the Frisco Discovery Center for $1 per year, while around $800,000 of that money from the city would go toward renovating the space and expanding the center's parking lot. Two $100,000 grants, one from the Community Development Corp. and one from Frisco Convention and Visitors Bureau, would also go toward the museum startup costs. In return, the museum would bring in about $2 million worth of its collection to Frisco. It would also contribute $200,000 in matching funds for its startup. So not going to Southern California, but Frisco, Texas, gentlemen. Road yeah. trip. It's yeah. a suburb of Dallas, right? I don't know. I don't know Frisco. It's kind of in the sticks is what I hear. I don't know exactly where it's near. Well, it seems uh, to have a decent cultural center there with all that. Yeah, that, that the Discovery the Center that they were talking about. Uh, yeah, it's the, the only sad part. Of it, Ed Gadget had a little bit more on that. But the the, the sad, only sad part is that the amount of space that they have right now is not enough to display the full collection that they have sure. available. And that's why this is one point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They were saying that, but the, the hope is that they will get enough attendance that they can expand. And um, the only downside is the expansion would require an expansion of the existing building or finding another <laughs> building to move into that has more Kirsten's um, having space. an adventure with the couch here. Is there a dog under there? Be careful. You're going to crush it. <laughs> Are you all right there, uh, Commander? Okay. I'm okay. He's a it's all right. Man. It's okay. Uh, you know what? I would like to uh, offer my services as a master pack rat to come and help them in the installation because I could guarantee I could find room for all their shit. Because <laughs> you'd be amazed what I yeah, find. They'd be close together and touch it. Yeah, they said that the square footage they have currently uh, to to move into there is only about the size of a baseball diamond, so it's not very big. But you that's, know, that's a lot of Paul's work with smaller. Yeah, he works with smaller all the time. I always Ooh. look for the small spaces. That's what you want. Oh yeah, you want that tight, confined space. Mm. <laughs> rub and smell. <laughs> what do you want to rub and smell? <laughs> Write to us comments at uglycouchshow.com. 
or don't. <laughs> no, do it. Do it. And I want to thank all the scoops that are listening. I want to thank all the shock monkeys. You are shock monkeys now. It's God official. Damn it. Yes. Shock uh, monkeys. Shock monkeys. God damn it. Much to 80s Jeff Chagrin. <laughs> shock monkeys. We love it. I, I think the only thing that saddens me is that we did not get any uh, any mails with alternative suggestions. Because there's nothing monkeys. better. No, there's got to be something better than no, shock we, we monkeys. Got, we got a few other ones on there, but definitely shock monkeys is the best one. <sighs> Of that. Ace Damn helped it. out with some suggestions, but he liked shockers. <laughs> Although I got a too. feeling that Kristen Shockers is going to stick around. I, 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 you know what? I've been, I've been pushing Shockers for a couple months now. I've even said it before, so people ignoring me was just kind of like, fine, be that way. <laughs> 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 it's just it don't matter. It's going to be monkeys in, inside a few months. That's what happened to the space monkeys at Star Trek. Eventually, they became the monkeys, Paul. That's true. Every well, group that Paul names monkeys eventually becomes monkeys. <laughs> yeah, monkeys. That's true. I did call us the space monkeys. <coughs> but we were space monkeys, for God's One sake. One of these days, we're going to have to sit down and examine your obsession with monkeys, Paul. Yeah, no, really that, to it. no, we don't want to <laughs> no, do that really at all. That what are you talking not much about? to it. It's just, I'm an obsessive guy. There's things we don't want. many obsessions. We don't want to learn things. <laughs> yeah. It comes down to Lancelot Link. We've talked about it before. Well, it's a dark, I think that's just one element. And in fact, I, I I vividly remember being in a theater with you when there was a uh, no, one of those little right. previews. <laughs> the uh, one of those little preview things where they had up they were doing a scene from a, a movie and they brought the monkeys out and the actors and like the split second you saw it you just full on belly laughing and, and <laughs> what was it what was it uh, they brought out monkeys it was it was when they were doing the little previews section they it, I I want to say it might have been an. Uh, ad for Fandango, right? I think it was something. Fandango. Yeah, Fandango was. But you lost your shit. You lost your shit. Yeah, because the lady. And like, I remember Rick Fandango! and I are just looking at you, going like, I want "Wow, Fandango! Did you get the tickets?" It was straight up Lancelot Link. Oh, I lost my mind. That was great. Yeah, you lost your shit. It was. Pretty <laughs> well, I funny. think that's it. It's not. It's you know. It's not just. Lan- it's monkeys dressed as people. Forced to behave as humans. <laughs> it blows my mind. Yeah, especially when you phrase it that way. Monkeys dressed as people is just woo. Oh. Or even better, eclectic costumed people. Like on Lancelot Link, some of the best stuff was with the chief, who was an Indian who had a full headdress. You got a monkey in a full Indian headdress? You fucking kidding me? And 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 fucking buckskin leggings? Holy shit! <laughs> wait, wait, wait! A monkey and assless chaps. What? Yep. <laughs> yep. Poor fact check. You this is really his episode. <laughs> oh God! Can we put a Lancelot link link up, please? <laughs> <laughs> put a Lance link link up, guys. You got to see some Lancelot. Wait a link. minute! You got a successful Twitter. Why don't you just? You tweet know what? That link? I will do that. But but I but I will tweet some Lancelot link stuff tonight. But they had you know just ridiculous stuff. Uh. In every every episode had uh, the guy who was um, instead of uh, who who's the guy who hosted the Beatles when they first came Ed Sullivan Ed Sullivan so it was yeah. uh, Ed Shimian hello I'm Ed Shimian here oh we're having our show tonight and tonight we got a really big show for you presenting Lancelot Link and the Evolution Revolution and he'd spin off stage and so Lance Link would do music. It was Lance Link. It was the Evolution Revolution. And it's straight up what Austin Powers, what Mike Myers used as his inspiration for Ming-T. Which was... All, which Revolution, Evolution, Revolution was based on those 60s... Variety show. Variety show, show acts anyway. But 
Ming T, if you watch Ming T right next to the Evolution Revolution, it's a fucking mirror. Well, Until next week, well, I am Master Torgo. I'm the famous Paul. It is Jeff. Commander K. <laughs> Flip Floppy Matt. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Niagara fails. No, no. Yep. Slowly I turn. <laughs> step <laughs> by <laughs> step. <laughs> oh, but, oh, yeah. Lancelot Link. Dude, studies have shown that chimps taken away from their mothers and raised to be performing chimps have behavioral and socio problems. Big social problem. Yeah, they rip people's faces off. Yeah, I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's a fucking tragic comedy. That's what it is. That, right. The other layer of it is, oh my god, that poor animal. But if you don't start laughing, you're going to be weeping. And that very tension, that very tension, that's elevates tension. it to a whole now, other level. Now, of now that's Paul's cover blurb on the back of the Lancelot Link DVD. And thus, shock monkeys are very appropriate because right. <laughs> <laughs> that tension between yeah. those poor people and laughter. Yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's nothing without the the sadness underneath. <laughs> The bleak, the bleak realization that these are trained animals forced to dance for our amusement. And yet, oh, it looks hilarious. God. Wow. Well, alrighty then. Whoa. We just needed like a Sarah McLaughlin song in the background. I'm telling you. If you set Arms of the Angels to some Lancelot Link slow down, you'd be in tears. Every day. Half of it would be laughter. Half of it would be tears. Every day, hundreds of monkeys are forced to act like humans. Oh, my God. Please help us stop this tragedy. Oh, man. This is Lulu. She's a, she's a, she's a two-year-old baboon. She's been forced to wear this sundress and, and perform this dance routine every Sunday. Please help her. This is Lancelot Link, secret chimp. While we don't endorse what he does, we have to have at least a few agents of ape. Or else... <laughs> or else the evil corporation... Ant- What's the other a- entity? It's ape. He's an agent of ape. And the other... I think it's chaos... Not chaos. Chump. That's it. Chump. Chump is the <laughs> Chump is the, the bad guys. Baron von something. Oh god, and uh what is his name? So Baron sad. von You're something. right, so sad. Fifty percent sad, fifty percent laughter. That's yeah. what I mean. Watch Lancelot Link <laughs> and giggle through the tears. <laughs>